0: Welcome back to the second hour of Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine provides only general medical information. Since everyone's individual situation is unique, you should consult your own physician before taking any action related to your personal health. All content of this program is intended for general informational purposes only. Good morning and welcome to Leading Edge Medicine with Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umek. Leading Edge Medicine is sponsored by Longevity Medical Clinics and is devoted to helping you feel and function better tomorrow than you do today. By providing the newest and most advanced medical care designed to improve both your body and your brain, Leading Edge Medicine will keep you informed regarding the very latest developments in science and medicine while highlighting some of the Northwest's most prominent physicians, all while helping you separate the science from the silly and the facts from the fiction. This is live call-in radio at... At its very best, giving you the opportunity to participate in the show. And now, here are your hosts for Leading Edge Medicine, Dr. Jerry Mixon and Dr. Samira Umat, along with their co-host, Lynette Morgan.
1: This is Leading Edge Medicine. The doctors are talking. They're consulting. Uh, We are so glad that you're here. We love when you call in with your questions. Of course, our show being brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinics. We're going to talk more about that and what we have going on and what we have coming up in just a few minutes. Okay, but Tom, you said you had one more question for the doctors.
2: Yes, just in regards to the... um I guess they call it a polyclonal response or something. And the fact that now I'll have a better rounded immune response to COVID mm-hmm. when, since I actually had the virus, as opposed to these vaccines, which kind of do uh, the, what uh, they call it vaccine imprinting or immune imprinting. So I'm just wondering if you could comment on that, how my overall yeah. response will be.
3: Well, your your response now that you had the virus should be better than any of the vaccines. Um, the original you know two two doses uh, give you pretty good protection for the first four to five months. within five months, you've lost fifty percent of your protection. Um, the boosters don't protect as long. They, the boosters tend to to lose 50% of their protection within 10 weeks. So about two and a half months instead of five months. So, the best study I've seen though on, on, uh, viral actual infections, uh, you were still well protected 13 months up the road. So, you know, the, the actual catching the virus is more than twice as good as the initial immunization and four times as good as the boosters. So congratulations. You're now much safer than you were.
4: There you yeah. go. Thank you for your generosity,
3: for your time. Appreciate
5: it. (laughs) Take care, sir. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, We just mentioned the show being brought to you by Longevity Medical Clinic. Uh, We had a few patients call in already today. But we have our health analysis, our free health analysis. So many called in last week to get scheduled. And we have room for you to do the very same thing, a couple of tests, to find out what your risk Mm -hmm. factors are. And, Dr. Umat, maybe you can explain what this Tuesday simple tests are. Sometimes people get a little nervous, and it's not anything to be scared about when you come in for your free health analysis. No, in fact, that's the simple
6: part. Mm -hmm. The first is just a finger prick to look at your hemoglobin A1c, which is the risk for prediabetes. Remember, that is reversible 100%, and also it could be life-saving for you, Mm -hmm. Um, and you should in this day and age know your numbers at any age, and uh, 50 is not young anymore, so if you're heading in that direction, you want to know because we can fix it um, and you want to be healthier for as long as possible and this is the goal. The in body is mainly looking at muscle versus fat and visceral fat levels and muscle is what we want to maintain because you're losing muscle very quickly as you get older um, and we want to change the trajectory of the future. Uh, the big thing however is that after you do the five whatever test and you come in and spend the one hour with the doctor there's a whole plot of things that we can do into the future that will outline your personal risk and help us reduce your risk factors into um, your old age. And that is includes, you know, cardiovascular monitoring, respiratory tests, bone tests, calcium scores, nutritional analysis, genetic markers, and so on, g- g- risk for cancer detection. So those are the kinds of things that we're looking at right now. Um, and the doctors and Dr. Mixon and I are talking about genetic and DNA aging, and there's so much more. So the first little bit is actually just the tip of the iceberg, yes, and that's is. just to bring you in and to give you a flavor of what we can do. Um, and then once you get in, is that's really when you're in that when you when you sign your one-year contract and you say, "Okay, I'm committed to this for a year with you guys," that's when we really show you what all we can do. Yes, <laughs> that's right. yeah, yes. You,
3: what, what people don't realize is how much can can be done about purportedly normal aging. know, earlier in the show, I commented that aging is the progressive loss of grace. And that loss of grace is co- because our muscles are getting weak, mm. our balance is going, our perception uh, of, of what we can and can't do is getting you know, clumsier and clumsier. Um, there's a whole lot of things because when we are young, We are designed to be strong, fast, lean, smart, and sexy. And we are designed to have our babies relatively young because adolescence is when your sex drive is the highest it will ever be in your life. And that's when that urge to reproduce is maximized. It's just that in our very complex society, people who have their children too young tend to be poor and... Unhappy for the rest of their lives. Uh, So, you know, we have chosen to put off childbearing until later in life. But as women age, the complications of childbearing rise rapidly because we really aren't designed to have babies late. We were designed to have them in our teens and early 20s. Um, We are also designed to stay strong, fast, lean, smart and sexy up until we're about 35 or so, because that gives if you had your kids in your teens, that then gives your kids a chance to grow up and start having their own kids. Uh Once your kids can have their kids. You're superfluous from a biology standpoint. Your job is to get slow, fat, weak, die, dumb, get out of the way, quit consuming resources the next generations need.
7: My kids have been talking about that.
3: Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> That's when they want to know why is right. that. I yes. don't understand yeah. that. Hmm. What is in your will, Grandpa? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. uh, <laughs> So, unfortunately for me, you know, I've had nine children. I've lost two. Mm -hmm. Uh, I lost one in infancy of congenital heart disease, and then I had one who developed a brain cancer, a glioblastoma, and died at 40. Of the other seven, six have no capacity to inherit the, the, the businesses and empires I'm building. They just can't. You know, my last chance to have a child that could... Perhaps inherit and run my my operation is my youngest, who just turned eleven this week. Far too early to know if what she's going to be at. You know, <laughs> the good news is she has an IQ of 145. So you know, there she, you go. She's smart enough. The question is, will she, will she be ambitious Motivated. enough? Mm. Yes, because that's you know, all my kids had
7: high IQs. So I'm betting on her. her.
1: So, <laughs> yes, I think so, Doctor Ivory, for sure.
7: It's <laughs> but, not that she has a choice.
3: That's right. <laughs> Uh, but but the point is that we are designed to go downhill.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: And as we age, we get slower. We start getting fat. And people want to blame the fat on modern society. You know, it's on our food. It's on the prepared foods. It's on this. It's on that. It's on the chemicals. it's on... Go back and look at oil paintings of people in the 1400s. And you'll see by midlife, they're getting thick. Okay. Uh, there were no chemicals in the environment. The soil had not been depleted. All the things we're blaming it on today weren't around in the 1400s. And yet, look at the paintings.
7: There you go. Midlife, yes. they're thick. The concept of Rubenesque.
3: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know. And so the the fact is that this is just a part of human physiology. We are designed to get slow, fat, weak, dumb, sexless. If you don't like that plan, if you're like me and you say, I don't want that, then you need to come to Longevity Medical Clinic because that's what we treat. We look at the underlying physiologic changes that are making you slow, fat, and weak, that are making your bones thin out and your muscles get weaker and your your waistline get thicker. We're looking at why is your brain slowing down? We're looking at things such as the senescent cells that are developing in your body that are actually poisoning and preventing your healthy cells from being able to grow and heal and repair. And we can lower the the levels of those. There's a lot that we can do to recreate the physiology you enjoyed as a young man and woman. Um, with men, it's pretty simple because men want to be as strong, fast, lean, smart, and especially sexy as humanly possible. You know, guys just want it all. <laughs> Women want it, but not quite. If you're a 70-year-old woman... And I really and truly move your hormones back to that of a 25-year-old, which we can do, but you will start menstruating again. And you will have periods and rest of your life to your 95 or 100. If I tell the average 70-year-old American woman that the cost of of being a patient is that she has to menstruate till age 100, she will make a profoundly insulting comment about my ancestry (laughs) as she's leaving the door.
1: As their arms are flailing to you. She
3: does not want to restart her periods. No. Okay? So with women, we have to do a little different. We have to move their levels down as low as we can, short of restarting their periods. Okay. On the other hand, I have had patients who flew all the way from China to be treated because they have a different culture. For them, a woman's menstruation is a sign of youth and vitality. And this lady actually wanted us. She was in her 60s, wanted her periods back. Mm. And so we gave her periods back. We can do it. You know, we can move your hormone levels anywhere we want them mm-hmm. um, with, with great balance, great finesse, and give you lots and lots of benefit with very little downside. It's just a matter of what do you as an individual want. Because unlike most of medicine today, we don't work for the insurance company. We don't follow the so-called, quote, standards of care which is to spend as little money as possible and still stay out of court. That's the real standard of care in modern medicine. Mm, So (laughs) sad. Yes, but it's true. Yes. And so what we do is say, we work for you, the patient. And our goal is to find out what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? you know, What do you want out of the rest of your life? And then we will try to get you back there. And we can provide you with the hormone balancing. We can provide you with the senescent cell therapies. We can provide you with intravenous exosomes if we need to. We can provide you with all kinds of tools. But your success is going to depend on your ability to participate. We can't do it to you. We can't do it for you. We have to do it with you. But if you will set a goal, And we'll work with us. At whatever age you're starting, we will make you a whole lot better than you are now. That's what Longevity Medical Clinic does. And that's what we're all about. Right. And that's why we want you to come get that free health analysis so we can see where you are. And we can at least offer you options about what we can do to do further evaluation. And then if you choose, therapy. There you go.
1: It's the first step. And you can do it. One of two ways. By giving us a call at 866-86-YOUNG. That's 866-86-YOUNG. Uh, you can pick the day and the time. Even pick the clinic that's closest to you. There is a clinic in Kirkland, Tacoma, and a clinic for longevity in Linwood as well. Now, if you'd rather, you can go online to lmclinic.com. That stands for longevitymedicalclinic.com. lmclinic.com. Lm stands Take the day, the time, and the clinic closest to you. And let's get you in. Let's get you started on being leaner, stronger, faster, smarter, sexier, and happier. happier. (laughs) We'll be right back with more Leading Edge Medicine in just a moment. Tim, we're going to talk to you about your eyes. And Marie, you had an eye question as well. And John, thank you for waiting. We'll be right back. Stay right there.
0: Leading Edge Medicine. Leading Edge Medicine. For the first time in history, you can choose how to age. Call with your question at 1 800 465 8770. That's 800 465 8770.
8: No matter your age, if you are looking to decrease your dependence on glasses at both distance and near, I suggest you go with experience. Pete Talbot here again for Dr. Michael Gilbert at Northwest Vision Institute in Bellevue and Kirkland. He's not just my ophthalmologist and my wife's, my sons, my friends, and all my neighbors, but he was just recently voted best LASIK in 425 Magazine and has been voted best doc in Seattle Magazine many, many times. So whether it's LASIK or RLE or advanced cataract surgery, Northwest Vision Institute will find the best option for you. So if you're over 40 or 50 and haven't had an eye exam for a year or more, here's something you simply won't get anywhere else, an advanced ocular exam. Not that simple eye exam. Everyone else does. So to schedule your advanced ocular exam, go online at nwvision.com or call 425-450-2020. 425 450 2020.
9: I had gone to my doctor and I found out I had osteoporosis. She wanted me to go on the traditional female hormones. And then I heard Dr. Mixon on the radio. Then I realized there were really good options that were different and I didn't have to take the traditional route. Within 3 months of being a patient at Longevity, I had my energy back. I could feel happy again.
0: You make me feel so young. You make me feel so spring has sprung. And every time I see you grin, I'm such a happy individual. The moment that you speak.
1: Leading Edge Medicine is here with you every Saturday at the same time. We love that you call in. We're so thankful for your calls. Uh, You make our show so very interesting. And, of course, the doctors are waiting with bated breath to answer your questions and help you out and hopefully give you some encouragement with whatever you are dealing with. Okay, beautiful Gig Harbor. We are headed your way. And Tim is on the line. Hi there, Tim.
5: Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're good. good. Right. We're great. How can so we I help got, you, sir? I got two que- good. I got two questions. One for the eye doctor. I'm taking lat- Latanoprost, uh, an eye drop in each eye in the morning, and because I have narrow eye syndrome. And uh, I don't know—is that a non-preservative one or is that a preservative one?
7: Latanoprost is a um, almost certainly you could have it custom made as non-preserved, but if you're getting it the pharmacy, it's preserved. Um, the, it's uh, in a class of drug that is typically just one drop of day, a one drop per day. Uh, there's nothing inherent Correct. about that drug that treats that treats narrow angles. It lowers the pressure, so that's. It's probably the open angle component. Some people have combined narrow angle and persistent open angle glaucoma Uh, and so it just lowers the pressure but it does so very effectively on one drop a day it's one of its most common side effects is redness the number one and so that's the reason that that drop is most commonly done done at night uh, but but a small percentage prefer to do it in the morning doesn't matter once a day it has great 24-hour coverage which is really a convenience one of the reasons that it's the number one drop that we start with it is is a generic now so it's very very affordable there are other formulations or other uh, molecules in that class that are a little more effective but uh, it's a great place to start because affordable convenience uh, and and perhaps one of the reasons that some people not everyone some people like it a lot is the the most curious side effect is it grows eyelashes and they, yeah that's the and and the, the side story to that is a Seattle ophthalmologist years ago observed that, and he was smart enough. It was a Seattle ophthalmologist, very bright fellow, good friend of mine, and um, he observed it, and he was smart enough. I fear I wouldn't have thought of this, but he patented it before he published it. And published it after he had unique control of the molecule. So for that to application, and now he's uh, he's doing very well. But he has taken his uh, financial reward from from that and sunk it back into eye research in glaucoma. Ah. So he has his own funded lab in in uh, at the University of Washington. Very nice guy, and obviously a, a, a great scientist. Uh, but back to your situation, Latanoprost is definitely not preserved. It's very common to have some redness, but that's a side effect. of The the drug has a vascular effect. So just because your eye is red doesn't mean you're having a reaction to it. That is part of the mechanism... Part of the mechanism of action of that drug, it's also the redness is also the reason that it's most commonly given at night, not because it's more effective at night, but to kind of hide some of the redness that uh, that can happen uh, closer to when you take the drop.
5: Okay, and my, my question, I do have, my pressures were high at one time. That's why he put me on those. However, right. he's mentioning about cataract surgery. Uh-huh. And uh, I I don't, he said that that might help everything, but I don't have any problems
7: that I know of. So uh, two things on that. One is um, there's usually an, an in 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 someone who has narrow angles uh, often the reason for the narrow angles is the natural lens, early early cataract, starts to uh, increase its size just enough that it crowds out the normal drainage uh, tissue that's responsible for maintaining pressure. And so just if you look at the statistics pressure in the human eye tends to go down on average after cataract surgery. But in someone who has narrow angles, it can be Totally therapeutic and normalizing for that anatomy, because the implant technology that we use to replace the the uh, cataract early or not uh, complete is is a fraction of the thickness. And so the anatomy is allowed to drop entirely back to normal, opening up that angle back to uh, to normal configuration in most such patients. So oftentimes with someone who has early cataracts, even before they have a lot of symptoms, if the angle is becoming narrow enough that it threatens the uh, the possibility of, uh, of pressure rise in an unpredictable way, uh, it's a great definitive solution. To, take, to get rid of that cataract you get the vision improvement but also normalizing the anatomy and avoiding the risk of narrow angle glaucoma
5: so you'd be for it then
7: you know I'd i 'd have to see the degree of narrowness number one, and number two, talk to you just a little bit about I have no symptoms because oftentimes i feel i find patients have no symptoms until I start asking some important questions, like how do you ever get any glare uh, driving at night or winter driving around here no. night driving starts no. about three o 'clock in the afternoon when I look in and no. I see some yellow haze, um, oftentimes it 's just a matter of exploring uh, the the patient 's symptoms in certain settings the because the oh, okay. change because the change is so glacial the brain makes adaptations and says i'm fine just move on but the symptoms right. are slowly accumulating um and I know patients who get to the point where they can't pass the driver's test, but they'll st- still sit there and tell me, I'm fine, I have no problems. And the fa- and the family member at the other side of the room is shaking their head hard saying, oh, my God, no, don't let, don't let mom drive anymore. And mom's saying, I see everything just fine. But there's no way that she can get to the driver's license line. So oftentimes we have to have a little discussion about what it means and what their vision used to be what it is now and how much that might be affecting their best vision so I'm it would be hard for me to say that you need it or would benefit from it but I can say that if indeed you have enough narrow angle that it's a discussion item doing the cataract surgery even before there are um, remarkable vision symptoms is restorative to that anatomy and would remove the risk of that. And if there are any, if there are any refractive, if there are any refractive, wow, if, if there are any refractive benefits, for instance, if you're nearsighted or um, you know have, uh, have glasses that you would rather not have, you, you take care of that at the same time because when we take out cataracts, we're able to totally correct your prescription when the implant that we put in includes the prescription from your glasses or contacts. So one of the reasons I had mine done in my 50s is not because I had narrow angles, but because I wanted to get rid of my contacts tax.
5: Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I'll talk now, Don't to my tell you if I get an appointment.
7: Don't tell your uh, your insurance company that it's because you want to get rid of your glasses or contacts. That will not, yeah, help, I know, really. that will not help your case. Uh, I think you yeah. have medical reasons to consider it entirely justifiable. But there are often some side benefits that are motivating. People come to me all the time for RLE, refractive lens exchange, just to get rid of their glasses and contacts. And you get uh, essentially that for for the medical diagnosis, which means the insurance company helps a lot along with the process
5: and, and real quick if you do have a cataract surgery is it painful and how long does it take to recover
7: i consider it absolutely not painful i i had you know i uh, uh, three out of four of us have had it uh, in the room and i think uniformly we'd say uh no discomfort i didn't have any value i offer valium and we have an anesthesia Excuse me, anesthesiologist um, at every case. But I took nothing because I knew exactly okay. there was no, no discomfort and it's quick and easy.
3: And I had mine done okay. and there was no discomfort. Yep, I agree.
7: And 90% of my patients have driver's license vision or much better mm-hmm. overnight, next day.
1: Okay. It's amazing. Amazing.
5: Well, perfect. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it.
1: Thank yes. you, thank Jim, you. for really your awesome. call. Bye-bye. Yes. All right. Uh, headed over to Seattle, which I'm sure is beautiful today. Marie is on wow. the line with a couple of questions here.
9: Hi, Marie. How are you on this gorgeous day? Good morning. I'm Thank you. So I have questions for both Dr. Gilbert and uh, Dr. Mixon. Um, my husband's PSA spiked. He saw his urologist. He did a test Scheduled a procedure In the meantime He called back And said This test came back With 70-30 Chance that you have cancer I say it's 50-50 And they scheduled A biopsy in June Um So since then, we have been out of state uh, to an orthopedic and regenerative medicine doctor. While she was working on his knees, he mentioned the prostate. She sent him out for a, a CT scan, and she said it shows no nodules. Um, and that the risks of a biopsy are that they could miss the cancer or they could go right through it and push cancerous cells into healthy tissue. So, both doctors would like him to have an MRI, but he had an artificial iris implant for an exploded pupil about five years ago, and there's some question whether it's MRI-safe. I've reached out to the manufacturer in Germany and they said it's in the late stages of being tested for MRI safety they wouldn't give me a, an answer um, can dr gilbert can you address the mri and wow and dr your thoughts on the so
7: I thought you had two questions, one about prostate and one about iris and they're the same question. That <laughs>
6: and, and with the MRI. Me yeah. Away. yeah. together. It's, what are the so, chances
5: of that? <laughs> so,
3: it's our first on this show.
6: Yeah, yes. sure, yeah.
7: So let me say this, it's a great technology. It is an amazing, miraculous technology. And for those who don't understand, there are people who born who are born without irises which can be very Pairing. There are people who lose their iris from tra- trauma or sometimes rare, very rarely from surgery. Uh, so there are reasons that one might not have an iris. But it would be like having a camera that doesn't have an iris. You can't control the light that comes in. It's in uh, it, it causes a great deal of glare and problems. So whatever the reason that he had that implant, um, it's not U.S. technology. It's been available for a long time but had a very hard time getting FDA approval. It is now FDA approved and even within the last year has gotten some compensation from insurance companies. Um, it's, it's a rare problem. Fascinating that he has it. I'd love to hear the backstory, but that's not your question. Now, if Morture, which is the manufacturer of that in Germany, can't tell you if it's uh, MRI safe, it would be bold indeed for me to tell you it is. However, there's no metal. And so, um, it, it's a polymer. I cannot conceive of how there could be any problems, and if they're doing an MRI down there in the prostate, the likelihood that this uh, micro-thin polymer film in the eye has any uh, any complications would shock the heck out of me. I cannot imagine. I mean, we do polymethylmethacrylate and acrylic and silicone implants all, you know, all over the country, millions of people. It has no impact um, on uh, safety when an MRI is done. And so um, I think this is in that same category. I am, uh, I am. 99 plus percent certain that there is no metal in this implant it is all polymer um, and it's micro thin there's very little so I cannot imagine that it, uh, it is not safe that uh, it uh, almost certainly is fine for an MRI
3: in fact today the MRIs are focused uh, you don't get the, the wide scatter of the magnetic field like you used to get I've got metal scattered (laughs) hither and (laughs) yon from from my military days. And, you know, I've had MRIs um, and never any problems. Uh, They have to use a different algorithm because the metal distorts the field a little bit. But, um, you know, it, it works. And MRI of the prostate is the way to find out where you want a biopsy or if you want a biopsy because uh, I'm not worried about spreading the tumor, but I am worried about missing the tumor if you're doing random biopsies. Whereas if you've got a nodule you can see on the MRI or the ultrasound, ultrasound is another option, uh, then you can do a directed biopsy right at the spot you're looking for.
7: I'd want the MRI, and and I think... That if, if for next steps, if mortar in Germany won't tell you that, yeah, it's good for uh, for having an MRI, at very least, they can tell you the polymers that are involved and assure you there are no there is no metal content. They certainly should be able to do that. And with that information, you should be able to go back and that should enable them to safely say, oh, yes, you're fine for the MRI. Mm. That would be my next step.
9: Is that helpful for you, Marie? Fantastic information. I really appreciate
5: it. All right. Thank you. Very good. Apologies. Thank you for the call. Dear. All
1: right. Have okay. a great rest of your weekend. All right. You're listening to Leading Edge Medicine. Dr. Jerry Mixon in the house. Dr. Samira Umat, and we have our eye specialist Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute. In fact, if you'd like to get, uh, get an appointment or go to their staff and meet them and maybe you've got some eye questions or eye concerns, they are located in Bellevue, the phone number is 425-450-2020 for Northwest Vision Institute. Also uh, in Kirkland as well, is that also correct?
7: Also at Totem Lake, yes Totem ma'am.
1: Lake. All right. We'll be right back with more Leading Edge Medicine in just a moment. Stay right there.
0: Leading-edge medicine. Join in the conversation at one 800 465 and tell your friends to listen. That's 1-800-465-8770.
1: excellent pricing, and excellent customer service. And now, due to our new management oversight and relationship, Longevity Development and Paramount are actually working together to better serve our patients a team approach to better health care. It truly can make a difference. And now, to celebrate and to convince you that we truly feel we can better serve your health needs while saving you money, Paramount has agreed to make an offer to all new patients willing to give Paramount a try. On your first prescription only, Paramount is offering you a 90-day supply for their 30-day cost. That's right, a 90-day prescription for the 30-day cost. All you need to do is call Paramount at 425-251-1660. It's as simple as that. Call 425-251-1660. This is Carolyn.
6: In our 60s, my husband and I were struggling with libido. And I've always called him Dudley Do-Right because he's such a good guy. But since longevity, now I'm calling him Studley Do-Right.
5: Oh, sweet.
1: Someone's on Medicine. Hi there. Good morning. My name is Lynette Morgan, along with Dr. Samira Umat, Dr. Jerry Mixon and our special guest doctor today talking about the eyes, Dr. Michael Gilbert from Northwest Vision Institute. If you have a question today, uh, we've got room for you on our phone lines. 800-465-8770. We can get you in with your question. That's 800-465-8770. We are headed to Linwood now, and we have John on the line. Good morning, John. Welcome to the show.
10: Good morning, doctors. Hi. um, I recently got a diagnosis of Parkinson's, although the doctor that diagnosed it said this it's an an unusual presentation, so maybe it's not Parkinson's. But I have gait problems, ataxia, and... um, I wanted to improve that because one of my goals in life is to be able to run again. And all I can do now is walk with a walker. <laughs> but, oh, um, so I had, bun- I had bunion surgery because without that surgery, I knew I'd be limping for the rest of my life. And so, But that's pretty much healed. The doctor looked at it and said, no, bones have healed, skin's healed. You're good to go. But although the area is still very tender. And so my main question is, um, is there any good or effective treatment for Parkinson's?
3: Yeah, sort of, kind of, maybe, sometimes. Um, Depends. Usually the the starting point is a medication called Cinemet. It's been around since the 1950s. It's a mixture of levodopa and carbidopa. Um, It raises the dopamine levels in the brain. And that helps to overcome the, the damage or the lack of active dopamine receptors in the substantia nigra in the brain. Um, right. And so that's been around for decades and decades and improves function to some degree, but it's certainly not a cure for the problem. Yeah. Uh, People whose tremors become so bad that they are disabling, Uh, there is uh, the gamma knife that some of the neurosurgeons are using uh, in conjunction with the invasive radiologists where they actually can go in and destroy some parts of the brain that, that are triggering that feedback loop. Uh, that gives you the, the uncontrolled tremors, so that people can can control their hands again. Uh, that is usually reserved for people with significant tremor problems. However, hmm. and then there's the the well, newer experimental where
10: one the, there's one of the reasons I had the uh, bunion removed was it, uh-huh. I thought that exercise is probably the best medicine.
5: Well, there are things we can do to improve I'm not the
3: quite strength, yet, but yeah, the strength and the balance, it. strength balance and gait. Uh, we've had several patients with uh, Parkinson's that that their gait was getting clumsy and weak, and just by raising the testosterone, dehydroepiandosterone levels in their blood, we're able to rebuild enough core strength for those muscles. That their gait and balance was able to be improved. Uh, certainly not a cure, but a treatment that helps some people. And then experimentally, there is um, there are people that are working on modifying stem cells uh, and actually injecting stem cells into the brain uh, and uh, helping people to recover uh a a fair bit of their function uh that is not one of those fda things we can send you down to the local hospital and have done this week but uh it is being uh worked on in some research centers that are uh, very very specialized in this area
7: so is that u.s research
3: yes yeah u.s and interestingly china which surprises me because China doesn't have that big a Parkinson's problem. People die too young to get much Parkinson's there. But um, you know, still that there is there well, is research groups in Shanghai. Is, um,
10: I only have pain in one area, and that's right around the sacral region. Okay, and uh, that's the only painful part. But I I have fallen several times, and after one of those falls. The medic that showed up, one of my neighbors called the medic, and um, he took me to the hospital. At the hospital, uh, they didn't want me to go home right away. They wanted to observe me, even though Uh I didn't want that. But anyway, they gave me this drug. It's called phenobarbital. Yeah. And I've never slept so well in my life.
3: (laughs) Yes. It's a potent sedative. That's for sure.
10: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I asked the doctor, is this an opioid? And he said, no.
3: No, it's not sure. an opioid it's it's a uh, more like a barbiturate, if you will. Uh, it is an addictive yeah. drug, but uh, in a oh. different way than the the opioid opioids um, but you know people can use phenobarbital to overdose and get in trouble. but we use it as an mm-hmm. anti seizure medication as a as a short term sleep aid. Because of its addiction potential, we don't use it for long-term sleep aid, unfortunately.
10: Right. So what's Uh, (laughs) short-term?
3: I usually tell people no more than three or four days. Uh, I know people will use it sometimes for up to a couple of weeks, but I'm a little more cautious than that.
10: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I figured. Well, after this bunion surgery, they gave me three days' worth of Oxycodone. And that's what okay. I wanted, you know, only three days. I might take yep. a
5: chance on this stuff.
3: Yep, yeah. well, and and that's a good choice. Um, I am one of those people that has a hypersensitive gastrointestinal tract to narcotics. If I took a single dose of hydrocodone, I'll puke for three days straight. Ooh. And so when I have surgery, I'd rather hurt than puke for days at a time. I I take Tylenol, ibuprofen, and grip my teeth personally. But uh, yeah. Oh,
10: you know that that um, dentist that you go to downtown near yeah. Swedish? Uh-huh. I can't think of his name right
3: now. Brian McKay? Brian McKay. He just yeah, retired. Yeah. He's,
5: he's nice. not in practice anymore.
10: Oh, that's too bad, but... He, he did me a favor. I went down there for some dental work, and he, uh, I asked if I could just get a half dose of the. Uh, oh, what's the what? What do you mix the lidocaine with?
3: Um, um, sometimes marcaine, sometimes pupivacaine. I mean, there's a there's a variety of the. Lidocaine.
10: lidocaine. Uh, uh,
3: yeah. Okay. Lidocaine is a short-acting one. Yeah.
10: That's what I wanted. I said, just give me a half dose of that, because I understand it constricts the vessels around the, the area being worked on, so the medication stays there longer.
3: Yeah, but that's the lidocaine that mixed with it. epinephrine. Mm-hmm. Oh.
10: Epinephrine, that's it, yeah. And then, um, because that feeling of having a totally numb mouth is very unnerving
3: to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I agree. <laughs> But yeah, Brian, yeah no Brian, into it. Brian just retired and has turned his practice over to his younger brother. Huh. So yeah. yeah, so we had Brian, and I think the brother's name is David McKay. Uh, but they're they're both up there near Pill Hill. Um, so all right, is that helpful yeah. for
1: you, John?
10: Yeah, I just gotta uh, get on my horse and try and find out more information. I've got a, a primary care provider uh, over at Virginia Mason Mm -hmm. and I like her a lot Um, I'm going to talk with her if I can get an appointment and see if she knows anything more about the treatment of this Parkinson's
3: okay yeah Uh, although a neurologist is probably your most up to date so ask her about who her favorite neurologist is okay okay I'll do that Thank you guys so much. Uh, Take care, sir.
1: Thank you for the call, John. We're going to take a quick break, and then we are back to talk about osteoarthritis with Joe in just a moment. And Donna has a question about a COVID variant. That's next on Leading Edge Medicine. We'll be right back.
0: If you or someone you love is struggling with memory issues, find out about Longevity Memory. Call Longevity right now to schedule your memory consultation evaluation. 425-654-0258. That's 425-654-0258.
7: If you have chronic pain and are considering stem cell therapy, consider the only doctor with over 30 years of experience with pain medicine techniques, including stem cell therapy. And that's Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, with Eastside Pain and Regenerative Medicine. Here's what a satisfied patient had to say.
2: I would say Dr. Nelson is a great guy. He's very personable, makes you feel very comfortable, as does the staff. Everything went well. I had the stem cell injections, and within a month, I really had a change in my knee. It was uh, unbelievable to me, honestly. I thought there'd be more pain involved with the procedure, and there was hardly any. Uh, It was amazing, and I've told a lot of people about it. After having
7: it for two years now, it worked tremendously. Glad I did it. You should consider stem cell therapy, but call a medical doctor with experience, Dr. Daniel Nelson, MD, 425 823 Four thousand. That's 425-823-4000 or danielnelsonmd.com. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
1: Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're starting to speak another language,
0: like magic.
7: I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. Babble. babble,
1: babble, Go to Babbel.com to try for
10: free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com.
8: You hear all the time about
0: fitness and doing exercise. Where do you get the energy to start your exercise program? With Longevity, I was able to start my exercise program, and that parlayed into more energy, of which I ended up going from 220 pounds to about 180 pounds in about two years. And that has changed my life. And that's why I
8: tell everyone I know about Longevity. Longevity.
0: Really, 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 are you really mine? Really, really,
9: really, are you really mine? You tell me that you love me, and you tell me that you want me, and you even wear my graduation ring. It's too wonderful. It's too beautiful. It's a fantastic.
6: It's Leading Edge Medicine,
1: a few minutes left of our show this morning. Thank you so much for listening, for calling in on our show. Uh, we're headed to Kent right now. Joe, you have a question about osteoarthritis for the doctors, is that right? Hello, Joe. Yes, I do.
2: Thank you for taking my call. I've had uh, pain in my shoulders and hands uh, for quite some time, I've approximately uh Going on three months, uh, I saw my primary care provider, and he diagnosed me diagnosed me with uh, arthritis, osteoarthritis, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, gave me some medication, that uh, pain medication, tramadol, prednisone for for a few days, and uh, that helped for a while, but now. Uh, uh it continues and so i've been taking about 800 milligrams of uh, ibuprofen to to help relieve the pain uh, which helps somewhat Uh, its pain is worse uh, in the mornings uh, when i first get get up and i'm stiff as a board Um, but the short of it is does your clinic uh, offer treatments for for this condition
3: Yes, as kind of a side effect of <laughs> what we're doing. Um, you know, osteoarthritis with aging is primarily a function of degenerative changes that are triggered by inflammation and by the buildup of senescent cells in our system. And so we want to do two things we want to decrease all your inflammatory markers. Uh, we want to increase your ability to heal and repair. And so one of the things we'd start with is we'd raise your anabolic hormone load. So you grow new tissue more efficiently. We would probably do some senescent cell therapies after you've been on the program a few months uh, to enhance your ability to heal and repair. And I would also probably give you a referral out to Dan Nelson. Uh, Dan is a pain specialist who does a lot of, of work with degenerative joints. And one of his modalities is to take some of your stem cells out of your bone marrow and relocate those stem cells into the damaged joint to encourage it to heal and repair more efficiently. So. There's a lot of things can be done that unfortunately are often not done. You know, too often people look at degenerative arthritis as a, as a consequence of aging and say it's just going to happen and we give you pain medicines to try to cover it up. And that does nothing to help it to heal and repair. It's purely trying to you know, decrease your discomfort while the disease continues to progress And I think that's just a wrong-headed approach. Why let the disease continue to progress when we have the ability to shift your healing and repair uh, modalities so that you can actually try to correct the underlying problem? So Mm -hmm. I'd rather fix the problem than cover it up with pain medicine.
2: I'm with you there. Um, Are there any... uh uh, drawbacks to using ibuprofen at uh, 800
3: milligrams a day? In ibuprofen the increases the risk of cardiovascular death. Other than that, not much of a drawback. Uh, <laughs>
6: so, <laughs> GI bleeding.
3: Yeah. Yeah. About 30% of the people that use it for three months will have blood in their gut. Uh, so, you know, between bleeding, anemia, and cardiac Events uh, is a perfectly safe drug, so. Okay. Well, thank you so much.
2: I, I really enjoyed the show and and certainly your response to the, my my question yep. today.
3: Thank you. Well, my my question my suggestion would be come on in and let us do your free health analysis evaluation, and you know let our docs take a look and see what we think we can do to help you, because. You know, judging judge from your voice, you're a man of some mature years. And I can almost guarantee that you've got issues above and beyond your osteoarthritis that we could help you with. So yes, why not come um, out and let it, yeah. let us do what we can, okay? All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Next. You're welcome, sir. Bye-bye.
1: Uh, thank you for your call, thank Joe. You. As we are rounding the of getting close to the top of the hour, we're going to take one more call, uh, this time from West Seattle. Donna has some questions concerning COVID. Hi there, Donna. Hello, Donna. Hi.
4: I have a question. I've been doing some reading or finding some information about a new variant that's of the COVID Omicron that's coming from uh-huh. India. It's called the XBB 1.16. Okay. Have you heard anything about it?
3: I've seen passing references to it. Um, Do you have a specific question about that variant or the variants Uh, in general?
4: No, I'm just wondering if if, I think my granddaughter and my great-granddaughter had it because they had all the the symptoms, the Mm -hmm. conjunctivitis, the sore throat, the sinus, and the cough. But they tested, they did the COVID home test, and it was negative.
3: And I was okay. wondering if those home tests would test for that variant. Yeah, they do. Um, oh, okay. Here's, here's the problem with COVID right now. COVID has adjusted to the human race, and the human race has adjusted to COVID. You know, the, uh-huh. typical, the typical pattern when a new virus comes into humanity, the first pass kills off a fair number of people. And the second pass kills off fewer. And the third pass kills off fewer yet. And every time we get a variant, the the general trend is that they become less and less lethal, but more and more infectious so that mm-hmm. they infect more people, but make us less sick. And that seems to have been what has happened over the last three years with covid. Uh, it came in, you know, like a stormtrooper And now it has become a chronic respiratory disease. What people many people don't realize is about one third, thirty some percent of all the uh, the cold the common colds that we have had in this society for years are caused by a coronavirus. There there have been two common coronaviruses that cause colds and now we have a third one. We call it COVID. Mm-hmm. All right? But for most of us all of the current variants, and we can, you know, give them all fancy new names, but basically, the COVID variants that are currently out there, and probably the ones that will develop over the next several years, are going to be more and more infectious and less and less dangerous. Uh, so, yeah,
4: well, that's what the literature is saying—that it's very transmissible, but not as lethal.
3: That's right, and so for most of us, unless you are morbidly obese. Or are fragile, fragile from just being very old. Uh, they present virtually no serious uh, problems for us anymore. You're going to get a cold and a runny nose, maybe some altered taste, uh, some irritated eyes, and it'll pass in three, three to seven days usually. Yeah. Okay.
4: Well, theirs lasted quite a while, and I was just wondering because they did the home test, even though. It- it was negative, and so it's mm-hmm. my daughter granddaughter was wondering if the, the home test that she has was not well, uh, good so for I, that I,
3: variant or... And sometimes they give false positives or false negatives. Um, the yeah. home tests are, are not 100% positive, and so what I have done and recommended is that if you take it and you're really convinced you've probably got it, go buy a different home test by a different manufacturer and Give mm-hmm. that one a try. Because, or the, uh, or
4: the, the PRP, is that the name
3: of the one the other one? The polymerase chain reaction is the most precise, but that basically tells you if you have an active infection. That's looking for the actual virus, and oh. the the home tests are looking for antibodies. But if you don't make okay. much antibody to your infection, then you probably won't get a positive test.
6: I so see.
3: Okay. The, the, okay. So the home screening tests are looking for antibodies, and they've got a certain level, a threshold of sensitivity. And so, people that take the test too early or too late, when their antibody mm-hmm. levels have come back down or not have not yet risen, will get a negative result. Now, when, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I, a year ago, when I was on a car trip with my wife and daughter, I got a runny nose. I went over, I bought a COVID test and I took it and it was instantly positive. And I looked at the test and said, well, this damn thing was made in China. I don't believe it because I don't feel very sick. (laughs) And I went down the street to a different drugstore and I bought another test that was made in America. And it was also instantly positive. So I admitted that I had the disease because I had two tests from two different countries that were both positive. Um, (laughs) And my disease lasted three days of a runny nose I was locked up in the car with my wife and daughter, driving around all day on our road trip, and neither one of them got sick. So I could not have had very much in the way of viral shedding. (laughs) So that's that's my COVID story. Three days of a runny nose. There you
1: go. Oh, Donna, thank you for calling in. We have just a minute or so left of our show today. Thank you for being part of it.
4: Yep. Thank you. For well, the thanks call for me. all the, all the information you guys give us. It's really appreciated.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Bye, you're very honor. welcome. All right. So just a little bit of time left of our show. Let's talk longevity and what is coming up at that Linwood Clinic. But the gallery test.
6: Yeah, we're still actually collecting data right now. Okay. Um, last week we didn't get much um, uh, callbacks. So if you are interested, if you're a radio show listener, not a patient of Longevity, you want to do the gallery test for early detection of cancer, please call us and let us know. We'll put you on the list and we'll come out with a
1: date. Very good and that number to call for information on the gallery test to get tested uh, and to get registered for that or if you just have some questions that number is 866 86 young 866 86 young. That is also the number to call to get in on our free health analysis appointment. The two tests that will let us know what you are at risk for and get you started on a healthy new you for this year that number again is 866-86-YOUNG or you can go online to lmclinic.com on behalf of dr gilbert dr umat and dr mixon have a great rest of your day we'll be right back here next week live on leading edge medicine thank you for listening